Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast. I know it's been two weeks, but there's been a big reason for this. But before we go anywhere, I'll introduce Angela. Hello, Angela. Hello, and hello, everybody. But could I tell you what the big reason was? The big reason was that uh, my dear friend Ian was sulking because we lost at Luton and I picked the right result. Well, yeah, you picked the right result, not the right score, Anne, so it's still 2-1. <laughs> So, yeah, so, you know, but before we go into, and mentioning Luton, obviously, um, our very old dear friend, and it's a bit of a sad day, Nathan Jones has been relieved of his duties as Southampton manager. Um, now, don't don't cry all at once, but it's it's not shot me, Andrew, has it shot you? No, um, I thought it was a very bizarre appointment. To be honest, anybody who takes that job has got to be looking at a championship team next season. Um, and and uh, on this occasion, God wasn't willing, was he? No. It, it, to be honest, it, some of the interviews, you've got to w- wonder about his mental state, aren't you, really, with some of these statements. I, I found this at Stoke that he seems like a very insecure man when he comes out with these statements, like, I'm one of the best managers in Europe and trying to defend himself because it, but it, it's the same thing what happened with Stoke isn't it where he just couldn't turn it round I don't know why he took that job because it was always getting end in tears let's be honest well I think you take the job because it's a Premier League job and you probably won't get a better chance to manage a Premier League team uh, he had played there um, so I'm not surprised he took it I am surprised that they picked him I'm not surprised it's ended in tears I'll be, I'll be honest, I was laughing to the bank. I, I knew it was a bad appointment, I didn't get it. And the sad thing, well, not the sad thing, but the crazy thing is, I think Luton have got a great chance of the playoffs this year. I really do, and I don't understand yes, why Why he's, he's he's gone there now. How long has he lasted? Is he three months, four months he's lasted now, is he? I don't think he's lasted that long, but um, there you go. Well, that's it. Right, so the reason there's been a bit of a delay to, the, to, to obviously, plus we lost last week, we want to discuss the transfer window, don't we, Ange? Yeah. I'm really not happy about it, and I want your feelings on it first. Well, I, I think it wouldn't have been so bad if both the players were fit. Obviously, Pearson will be fit before the Twams Bay. I thought, given that he said we needed a, a, a striker, he might have gone for one. Maybe he has, and maybe he wasn't available. No wingers. Maybe he went for them, they weren't available. But in my opinion, until these two players are fit, we're weaker now than before the transfer window started. And that's not what you hope for in the transfer window. So it's underwhelming up to now. The goalkeeper, let's hope he gets better. I don't. He was. I think he was Birmingham's player of the season when he played there. He didn't have a great deal to do yesterday. And what he did, he punched and that's fine. Um, I would say it wasn't the transfer window I wanted. But we knew City was going, and I just think we look a little bit light in central defence, given the fact that Connor Taylor's injured and now, of course, Tymon's injured. So I think we're struggling a bit. Well, fit. I don't think we'll get over the line, though. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Twanzebe one, I don't really understand. Um, from what, what I believe is with him, they're obviously trying to get him fit for next season. But we tried, we've done this before. It's been tired and tested, hasn't it, with us in January. We got Josh Madger fit for Bordeaux, who's on fire this season, by the way. Um, who else have we done it with? Oh, Rabbi Matondo, we got him fit for Schalke. There's been quite a few where we brought him in. And another one, I watched a match on Friday, and I'll be honest, I'm still angry about Jack Clark not being a Stoke player. Um, he's going to be a very good player. And I said that when we had him. But... Chalene is the one that I'm not impressed with, Ange. I don't understand why we played him on the wing, where on his loan spells from Man City, when he was in England, Ipswich and it's, it's left me Swansea, he played well as a cam. And, and I see him as a cam. I think he's he's nippy, he's, he's a nuisance, since he? he'll get in the way of people and he'll drag defenders out of position, which is what, which is what an all-right cam can do. But he's been at John now for, I think, three years or two years, whatever it is. And he's played as a left winger and consistently failed on that position. So I don't understand why we brought him in to play on the left wing when he's never played well there. <coughs> no, I agree. It's odd. 
Um, One question I would ask you is that, whilst you're talking about that, would you have picked anywhere near close to the team he picked yesterday? Um, No. No, me neither. <laughs> no, I'll be, I'll be honest. Um, I think he's put a statement out to Baker, and I think it was in needed. But to be fair, he did play well in the four 0 win. But we'll discuss this after, obviously. So we'll go with all the, with the transfer window summary. But before we do that, we'll talk quickly about the players leaving that's miffed me more. Obviously, Joe Bezik's gone, and Harry Suter's gone. Now. Basic, I think, was it John Coates not long after said he, the, the lad needs to go out and, and, and start his career. And I think to myself, well, why couldn't he have done that on a loan spell rather than a parent yeah. spell? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I don't yeah. understand that one. We've, we've sold him for peanuts in nowadays money, let's be honest. And he will come back a good player. There's no question yeah. of that for me. Um, and then yeah. we talk about Harry Suter. Now, this one hasn't gone down well. We've only sold him for 15 million of add-ons, which might rise to 20 from what I'm what I'm reading. Don't know if it's true, but that's what I'm reading. We're not we're not we're not in the boardroom. We don't know. I think that's a pathetic amount of money for a player. Who's, I think he got man of the match yesterday, didn't he, for Leicester as well, Harry Suter. So yeah, I believe so. So it's a steal, isn't it, for Leicester? Yeah, but it was always going to be a steal for Leicester. That that is what happens. Um, you know, that's what happens when, when players are coming good, particularly when you've been injured. He'll, he'll go from Leicester to somewhere else for a lot more money, the same way as Nathan Collins went for a lot more money after he left Burnley. Yeah, but he had two years left on his deal after this season. We could have pushed for more there. Now, now if he'd gone for 25 plus add-ons, then I'd go, fair enough. I could understand that. But fifteen million pound in the nowadays market—it's—it's it's, a—it's a squad player and squad player money, and he's definitely not a squad player. He's a top defender. We've let him go for absolute peanuts again. You can only let him go for for what people are prepared to pay. Well, you just keep him then, don't you, Ange? Just keep him. Yeah. Got two years I left mean, of his I contract. Would I would have done if I would have said to Leicester, right, twenty-five million, or he stays here. Up to yeah. you. Yeah. But. Funnily enough, I'm not up there in that position. I think I should no, I be. I can't understand why not. I know, I can't, I can't either. Right, so let's give it a... a well, let's just give it a rating, Anne. So what do you reckon, as a whole? The transfer window? Yeah. Four. Four, I'll go four as well, actually. You're on my wavelength, Andrew. I'm not impressed. No, I think you'll probably come round to my way of thinking. It's it's right, okay. We'll we'll go with that, Ange. Right now, okay. funnily enough, there was a game that was played yesterday. Um, I bet you can remember it. It was a barnstormer, wasn't it, Anne? Yes, it was. It was one of those that lives long in the memory if you've got very poor memory. <laughs> and we'll I'll go into the reasons why of that. The match facts that were there. Stoke had fifty-five percent possession to Hull's forty-five. They had nine shots, we had five. They had three on target, we had two. Corners, seven for us, two for them. And fouls, 14 for us again. So we're winning that stat again, Ange. And only nine for Hull. Now, we'll go into the squad, which is a bit of a strange one, but we'll go in with player ratings. Because we, normally we do the goals, but there weren't any. So straight in with Sarkic. Um, he got man of the match. I don't know whether that was because whoever picked it thought he was genuinely the man of the match. But I didn't think, really, if you looked at the team, there was anybody better. That's how average the game was. Uh, he's one of these keepers, continental keeper, even though he's born in Grimsby, where he punches everything, which I think he should uh, catch. But he did one great leap on the ball. Um, I forget who was through, but look, I don't think Bonham or Bursic would have done that. We possibly could have lost the goal then. So, for me... He's getting six. A six? Yeah. Um, I thought he played all right, to be fair. I'm not saying he didn't play all right, but if you look at the quality of the game, well, you'll see from my other uh, marks, that I didn't think it was worthy of a, a great score of the match yesterday. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I'm going in with a seven. I thought he did well with Estepian's um, long-distance shot. I thought, yeah, fair enough, he, he probably could have palmed it away but with how 
slow our defence was was this yesterday. I, I can understand why he did. It was probably a lack of trust. Um, I thought he did well with the free kick in the second half as well from Turan. So, you know, I thought he did when he was called upon, he made the saves. Let's be honest, if that was Bonham or if that was Bersey, we probably would have lost that one nearly. One of them might have yeah, sneaked yeah, through. So I'm going to give him a good mark, especially after what happened against Luton because we lost because of him last week. So we'll go in. Now, a player I haven't mentioned because I completely forgot we signed him, Hoovey. I don't think he distributes the ball well, uh, although he did do some good crosses. I thought he uh, he won space quite well. He's clearly not match fit. I thought he was better in the first half. He doesn't he doesn't challenge much in the air, does he? No. Uh, well, when you're a wing back, that's probably something you need to do. Uh, he's getting the five from me. Hey. I'll I'll go in with a steady six. I mean, he's new You've to. You've been the... drinking today, Ian. You are. You've been drinking. No, I haven't been drinking. No, I, I, to, to be fair, I thought I've, there was little <laughs> glimpses of where why I could see why Wolves have taken so much time with this lad. He got in good positions. The crosses were a bit wanting. I'll be honest, and he, he can't seem past. Defensively, he's weak as well. From what I saw in that game. Some really dodgy decision making. I mean, the problem is for me, it looks like a puppy that's that's chasing a ball half the time, which I find a bit strange. Right, next up, Sterling. Yeah, um, I thought he was adequate. I thought he did what he had to do. I'm not sure how how fit he is, but um, his crossing wasn't great. He gets forward well. I'll say that for him. I think he moves forward well. Uh, I'm going to give him a five too. Yeah, I'll go on. I'll go on with five. He he didn't impact. He moved well again. I, I mean, I, I still think he was played out of position for me. Um, I I just I, I think that I think he went up well with that Christie, but I, there's got to be more to it, really. I mean, there's all well and good running down down flannel, flannels flannels chat running down channels. <laughs> But, you know, you've got to have an end result, haven't you? And I think when he's trying to come on his right, when you're that wide, you're just going to you're just gonna lose the ball, and that's what happened. But I think, I think there's a good player there, but sadly we're not going to see it. He's a lone player, isn't he? And this is the issue I have yeah. with a lot of our signings, that there is glimpses of good players in there, but it's it's just bits and bobs, isn't it, rather than the entire player. Right, yeah. so now we move into... Phil Jagielka. I'm just trying to think what I think of Jags. I thought he was okay. Uh, I, I think age is catching up on him now, uh, but I thought he made a couple of unforced errors. So again, he's getting a five from me. Uh, I'll go in with a. I'll go in with a six because I, I thought he passed the ball well. I, I like how he was putting the ball at the channels. I mean, we, we can't really mention his long distance shot because, uh, wow. But yeah, he is getting on a bit. He is going to probably retire at the end of the season. But the thing is for me, he's getting a lot of game time, which is what I'm a bit worried about. But when you're signing an injured centre-back, this is what happens, isn't it? We're now to the threadbare of what we've got left. Aidan Flint's gone. Um, good, obviously. But there's a couple of good clearances. And I loved his tackle right at the beginning of the second half when he went right through the strike. And I thought, go on, son. Nice to see Right, Ben Wilmot. Now, I thought Ben Wilmot had a decent game. Um, and, and I'm not saying it's to get into your good books. Um, his passing isn't great, but anyway, who wears it in his soap shirt at the moment? Uh, I thought he was best of the lot in the defence. I'm not so sure when he goes forward that uh, my heart doesn't change a few beats. But he's getting a six off me. I was going to give him a seven, I thought, well, Matt, I thought he... You're going ridiculously high with your marks now. You've gone completely over the top with your marks. It was a rubbish game. There was no quality in it whatsoever, from either side. And no. you're giving somebody a seven. No, no but doubt I... your man of the match will have an eight. He's going to have a nine. No, he isn't. But he's... Um, for me, I couldn't really choose between a lot of the man of the matches, but... So I've, I've sort of like lumped the load together <laughs> around the same marks because I couldn't really pick. But 
I thought Wilmot had a decent game. I liked how he was dropping in to be a sweeper and protecting Fox and, and uh, Jagielka. I think that was a good tactical <laughs> decision, really. Because now we've yeah. got Wilmot, who's got the pace, who can break through. Yes, I don't like it when he goes forward. We're going to need a better player for that role. But I thought he did okay. And that's why he's getting a seven. I, 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 to be honest, I, defensively, he was strong against Hull, which has always been kind of his weakness when he's played out of position. But when he's played there... As a left centre, as a right centre back, he impresses me. I've got to be honest; he does impress me when he plays there because he, funnily enough, it is his position. Right, yes. Morgan Fox. Hmm. Now, I thought Morgan Fox in the last few weeks had given us a certain amount of balance when we played. I didn't think he was very good yesterday. Uh, I, in fact, I think I'm being kind there. I thought he was a lot of his passes were. Uh, sloppy and misplaced, so he's getting a 5-2. Uh, he's getting a 4 from me, Fox. I thought he was probably the weakest player on the pitch, to be honest. I, I, he, he made a good recovery, didn't he, for the t- tough arm, um, chance. But other than that, he, he did look out of position. He, he, he did look like he was struggling to hold the pace of the forward line at Hull. Some bad p- passes and giving the ball away as well, which you just mentioned. And I think he was trying to break out wide a little bit too much at times and kept getting caught in the wrong place because he, he does lack pace, we all know that. Yeah, he, what, what would you do with Fox at the end of the season? Because it seems like Alex Neely really likes him, So, but what would you do? Uh, I think I'd let him go. You'd let him go? But we've got to have somebody to replace him. Well, I mean, the... I'd let most of them go, but... You've got to have people to replace them. I'll be honest, Andrew, I'd probably let half the team go yeah. <laughs> if it was coming through. Right, now returns to the team, Jordan Thompson. Yeah, um, I quite like Jordan Thompson, but I thought uh, I thought he was okay defensively. I think he mark, man marks well, but there's nothing going forward. Having said that, there's nothing going forward in most of them. The creativity in the team is is. Awful, and and I do think in the second half he gave away a few needless fouls, so he's getting a five from me. A five, I get it from me as well from Thompson. I, I thought he was he was okay. I liked his free uh, quick free kick that led to a chance. I, I did like some of his switching it up with the midfield to break in to break up play and stop their counter attacks. I did like how he did that defensively, but he did get caught out a lot. I counted yeah. at least five or six times where he was out of position when the ball was put for, put through, which yeah. could indicate that he probably isn't a holding midfielder by the looks of that performance. But there was there was glimpses of good and bad. But I've been saying that about Thompson ever since he came to the club, where I, I look at good things and then he, but then he has a real negative to it as well. Like normally he's, he's really good defensively and doesn't get caught out, but brings nothing attack attack wise if you know what I mean. Whereas Yesterday, I thought he, he started a good few things off. He, he started play. But he's got to start improving, Andrew. If he wants to make an impact in this team, he's 26 soon. He's got to start improving, Andy. Yeah, absolutely. Right, so now we move into superstar, well, everyone's player of the season so far, Josh Laurent. Now, I didn't think Josh Laurent had a great first half. Um... I think he played better against Reading. Well, he had a great game against Reading, didn't he? I thought, when I say I don't think he played great first half, I thought he played even less great in the second half. He did what he had to do uh, quite well. But I don't think, as I say, the game was, wasn't even average, was it? So I'm giving him a 6-2. I, I thought we'd signed... I thought we were getting to see the player we'd signed. But I thought it wasn't a great game. I just didn't think he was that good. I didn't think anyone was that good six. Uh, I'll go over five, actually, for Josh Laurent. I, I thought he made some great runs, which we all know he's good at. He's, he's always been known to be a good box-to-box. But that was really it. I can't remember a lot of inter, interactions with other midfielders apart from simple passes. Not not enough in the action, really. Because, I mean, the last couple, two or three games, he's, he's really looked good, especially yeah. breaking forward and getting us up the pitch. And... Yesterday he wasn't doing that. I don't know if it's because it's a position change. I don't know because Alex Neal keeps changing everything every week. But yeah, a five I think is probably fair and reasonable with that one. Right now, I thought played quite well, which 
I know I've had checked my drink. It is coffee. Smallbone. I thought he was the most creative player on the pitch for us, which says a lot. And I thought, apart from he does these odd mad flicks, uh, he got us moving forward, he got us moving up the pitch. He didn't do great in the second half, but for me, he's getting a seven. To be honest, I thought he did quite well, Smallbone. I thought he was creative, he was moving right. And, you know, glimpses of a player that you, we could possibly take on a free transfer. I mean, there's still a lot he's got to improve on. But the good thing, and it's a really nice thing that I saw him do, he actually beat a man on Saturday. The skills and tricks weren't when there was nobody near him. He actually beat the, was it Greaves, Jacob Greaves? He managed to get round him a fort. Uh, you never know, Andrew, it might be coming now. We might have the new Edgar Davids. We, do, we don't know. But all I'm going to say is, he was for me, he was just creeping man of the match for me. He, st he still only gets a seven, because I couldn't really choose one, to be brutally honest. But I thought he, that was an improvement, which is what all we can take from a nil-nil uh, draw. Right, now we move on to Tyrese Campbell. I might miss what he does, but I don't think Tyrese Campbell um, looks anywhere like the player that we thought we got back after he come back from his, his injury. Uh, his runs aren't as good as they were. He doesn't win headers. He wasn't very good yesterday, but there were two... I know we're going to talk about Gale in a minute, but there were two passes um, that Gale made that he, if he'd have got anywhere near, there were certain goals. I thought he was very poor, but... Uh, I'll give Campbell a five. He made good. He accelerated well, didn't he? He moved. He moved good. But I'm coming to the conclusion now with Campbell. He's a player that we might have to start thinking about letting go. Yeah. He, he's not. And he'll probably go somewhere else and play well. Yeah, he probably will. It's it's, it's it's all luck. But I'm not impressed with him anymore. His name's not getting mentioned a lot. He's in and out of the team. There's no consistency with him. And he sh you're right, there was a couple of times where Gale put some balls in and he should have been there. He had, he had no no excuse not to have been on the end of some of them, of them two chances. So he, he gets he gets a low mark from me. Now we're going to talk about probably one of the worst displays I think I've seen for a while. Dwight Gale. Now, you see, isn't it funny? I just felt... Um... I'd, he's not going to be the goal scorer that we all thought in the past. Uh, he made those two passes that I thought anybody running in would have scored. Uh, he links the play up. He, he played really well in the first half in terms of linking the play up. In the second half, I thought he was no good at all. And he's getting a 5-2. He's getting a 5 because of those passes. Uh, he's getting a 3-2 from me, and I thought he was atrocious. Second half, he was bystander. I, 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 can't remember okay. him, I can't remember him touching the ball in the second half. And there was a couple of times where get, where the balls were pushed through to him, but it seemed like he'd give up on them. Is he injured? Uh, I honestly don't know. He looked, for me, second half, he looked like he was carrying a knock. Yeah. There was no pace to his game, no urgency. It was like he'd given up. I don't know if he's been told to go out of an injury, I don't know, but... It was poor. First off, yes, he made, he made them a couple of good good passes. But other than that, it was a really bad game. He was nowhere near the attacking. Every time balls were going in the box, he was nowhere near it. He's, he's got to start booking his ideal because I know he's on a lot of money. It's got to improve. Right, substitutions. Yeah. Powell for Campbell. Well, when Powell came on, and I think it was the first time he got near the ball, he was tackled. And he got up eventually limping. Uh, he may, he may, when Powell comes on, however badly Soap play, they are a better team with Powell on the pitch. I understand how a manager can't pick a team around somebody that plays eight or nine games. Uh, but uh, we improved when he was on, but he's not the Powell that we had, is he? Not the Powell at all. Uh, you can't even say he's a bit rusty. I think he's very rusty, and he's probably only trained once since he started to come back. So I'll give him a five as well. Yeah, he get he gets a five. He's he's always well, a nuisance. He's not a number ten, is he? And that's really what we were having to play him as. Yeah, I, I don't. 
really figure out. Well, I know where I play him. You play him just behind the striker, don't you? Where Chilina really should be playing. But what's annoyed me is he's gone. He's gone off injured again. He was hobbling at the end of the game. You know, is it time for him to retire? Never mind, leave the club. Well, I don't think he'll be going anywhere else because I don't think anybody pays wages if they want him to play every match. Yeah, because I, I think he's done now. Every time he makes... Because I, I, I think I remember the exact point. It was it was late on, he made a sprint to try to get to the ball and, and his leg had gone. You know, I think Mike Lowen talked about this, that eventually your legs get that bad that as soon as you make a quick run, you're injured for months. And yeah. we haven't, haven't heard anything yet about his injury, but... You know, for me, time's up for me. If you're getting injured this often, there's obviously a serious problem, isn't there? Yeah. Right, next substitution, Jacob Brown for Gale. Now, this was a wanted one because I don't understand why Gale's been dropped. He's been in form, he's been doing well. I don't understand. Yeah, he'll get a five. He showed agency and hard work and he, he seemed to be all over the pitch, but I'll go further than his best striker. I think he's our only player of value at the, now. Now with Suter going, and what, from what I see of our team, he's the only one who's worth a bit of money for me. I think he's a good player. I, I do, I think he's a good player that you can build a forward line around, but the problem is we've got that many that many players now. I mean, Gales, for me, I'd let go at the end of the season. I don't think he's good enough. Campbell, I'd probably let him go if, if a decent offer come in. I don't know, a million or something, two million, I'd probably go, yeah, go on, we'll, we'll let him go. Um, but Brown is the only one in that forward line I would keep. Yeah, well, I wouldn't disagree with you on that. Right, and then we move into Tezgel for Hoive. Yeah, because yeah. it wasn't much out of the cheer. I didn't think he looked out of place. Um, he tried to be physical. He won possession for us a few times. But it wasn't really a great opportunity for us to see how well he played, was it? But I'll give him a, I'll give him a six. Yeah, he made a couple of nice touches. He'll get a six. A six, eh? You know the rules, Ange. Five. Yeah, but... That shows you how bad the match was, sick. <laughs> so it's your man of the match, really, for coming on? Well, one of several um, man of the matches. He's got a six. Right, so I'll, I'll give him a five. I always do. And the man I don't really understand where we signed, Chilina for Laurent. I just thought that was bizarre. I mean, how long did he have on the pitch? Uh, was it about 40 seconds? I think it was... If you if push him in it, then... Um, that that's pushing it, but uh, you can't you can't give him. I'll give him a five on your rules. You're gonna give him a five. Yeah, but I just find it odd because he's been the only bright spark in the last couple of matches, and then he's been. I know. Right. Almost as if we didn't want to lose. And then Baker for Smallbone. Yeah. Well, again, um, you you've gone off Baker, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you can give anybody that comes on in that stage. Uh, he's going to get a five. Because of how quickly he ran on the, in the way he sprinted, I'm going to give you mad. No, I'm not. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand the subs, which we're going to, I'm going to talk about when we talk about the Alex Neal. But 
After that, he gets a five, obviously. But yeah, they have gone a bit off Baker. Um, I'm not the only one from what I'm reading. Um, so we go into the whole performance rating. What are we going to go there? Three. A three. I'll go a four because I I don't know. <laughs> I'll just put four down. Right, referee rating. We're bringing it back in. Ange, don't ruin it. Six. A six. I'll give a five. And now the big discussion. Alex Neal. I, as I said earlier, I wouldn't have um, picked that starting eleven in terms of I don't think anybody would have picked that starting eleven. But when you've got so few players at your disposal in those positions, uh, you're going to struggle to get a formation that those players will suit anyway. So um, I, I, I didn't like the formation as it started. I didn't think it would work. I thought Hull were dreadful. I was expecting much more from Hull because they chose to improve much. He tries to match the opposition up, uh, give him a five. Because we didn't lose. We didn't win, we didn't lose. Uh, middle of the road, I'll give him a four. I didn't understand the formation. There was too many players in square pegs again. I don't understand why I dropped Jake, uh, Jacob Brown. And then you've just mentioned it. What's going on with two 90-minute substitutes like that? Was he worried they were going well, to score? Well, I I just think he's playing... You can say it's a back three, three five two, or you can say it's it's five three two. But I just think he, he's trying to make us tough to beat. And we know Jagielka's not fast. He's never been fast. But he's not dominant in the air at the moment either. So you can't really move much um, until we've got a really decent centre-half partnership. Um I don't think Hoover's the answer, if I'm being honest. So, when you look at what what he's got to play with, I guess I wonder what, what I, I I would do. I certainly want to pick that starting eleven For a kick-off, I'd pick Selena in it. And as I say, middle of the road, five. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't understand what... what I, I, for me, every time I look at the, the formation and the team, it seems to be swapping every other week. I don't. I mean, he's supposed to be a tactical genius, from what what everybody was saying. He, he knows his so tactics. From what he says, from what he says. Well, from yeah, he's, he's starting to come across like another Nathan Jones. I'll be brilliantly honest, but yeah, I don't understand why we made two substitutions right at the end. Was it just to give Baker another app on, uh, appearance on his rec record? I don't know, but yeah. The, what are your overall opinions on, on Alex Neal? Because he's been here a while now. What what are you going with at the moment? Tell me what your honest feelings are about well, Alex Neal. Honest. Um, I, I, I found it really odd that um, everybody was absolutely delighted with the appointment of him because he's not a manager that I've ever, ever thought was brilliant. He's never stood out to me as a brilliant manager. And that includes getting Sunderland up. And that includes getting Norwich up and getting them back down. He's never been one of those that I thought, wow, what a brilliant manager. When he came to the club, uh, he professed to having been in football an awful long time and done an awful lot, so he knew what he could do. Um, when you look at the results, and it's all about results, then I don't think he's done as well as Michael O'Neill, and he's had less Deadwood to shift. Granted, he's, they weren't all his players... But when Michael O'Neill came in, the club were in a really dire situation and we got a management bounce. We haven't had much... Look, that's not just Alex Neal. We haven't had much of a bounce from any of our former managers. All our bouncing managers tend to have punctures. Um, I I won't judge him until after the summer transfer window because we have no FFP of any substance then and he he has to rebuild the team because of it. We've only got 10 players under contract. And at the end of that transfer window, I will ju- judge him. <laughs> My feelings on Alex Neal is, uh, everybody knows I didn't want him in the first place. I'm not I'm not saying he's a bad manager, but the January window's not filled me full of confidence. I mean, he came out publicly and said that we didn't need to sell Harry Suter to meet FFP, but apparently we couldn't spend money. And now I can understand we can't spend money, but we've just earned £15 million from Harry Suter. So in Jan, in the you know the last day in the the last day of the window, we could maybe have bought Creswell in because I know there was a chance of getting that on a permanent basis from Leeds. 
I, I don't understand where we're going with him. I, I don't understand the awe of him is what I don't get as well. No, I don't. But if, if, you, if you look at the stats for uh, Neil's first 24 and Michael O'Neill's last 24, 1-7, drawn 6, lost 11, 4-27 against 29, 27 points minus 2 goal difference. They are identical. Now, I believe that Michael O'Neill took over the club in a far worse position than Alex Neil did. Uh, and I, that's what I'm basing it on at the moment. I just don't see any improvement. No, no, I don't. I mean, we're still gigantically inconsistent. I'm not a big fan of this swapping and changing formations and squads every week. Um, he seems to have favourites. He's completely dropped the youngsters. I mean, for me, I'd rather see Connor Taylor in that position than Phil Jagielka till Twan Zebe's fit, just to get him games and get him confident. For me, the shock is that everybody loves him, or always yeah. oh, a good manager. He's like, I think it was even Tony Pulis on there under the cosh, which we're going to talk about after, actually. Even he said that Stoke have got a good man now there at Alex Neal. And I, I, I've had a look at his record. I've looked at it all. Now, I've said it many a time. Hamilton, he did a very good job with his budget he had and what he had available. He did well there. Norwich, he didn't. I'll be brutally honest. It was He did get him up, but he went in halfway. Preston, he had a good first season when nearly at the playoffs and then it slowly tailed off and got worse, which is why he got sacked. He then took the Sunderland job, but when he jumped in at Sunderland, they were second, and then he took him fifth and, and had to take him up through the playoffs. But everyone goes, yeah, but he's got him up. I don't get the awe of him. I've never found him. I've never found him to be anything special. But no, I agree. But if he had, let's let's if you give him the benefit of the doubt, if he had a fully fit squad. He might approach the games that we've got left very differently than he is now because I believe we only need 17 points from 17 games. We got that yesterday, so it's then 16 points from 16 games. I think he's more interested in not losing, uh, particularly again the next two matches. He'll be more interested in not losing those um, until he gets new players in. And if we do lose both those uh, games, then we are, I believe, in big trouble. Well, I've said it from the start of the season that this season's just about survival. It, it, it's, it's nothing else. Um, but I'll, the thing is, I, I don't know if I trust him with the money. That, that's the thing that I'm saying. I know, I know he's done all right at Sunderland with, you know, with Jack Clark, for example, and Patrick Roberts, who are doing brilliantly there. And they've got a really good young squad there. Now, if we could take advantage of a few of them youngsters, I mean, I, I don't know if this is a stupid question, but is that Dan Neal at Sunderland, his lad? No. No. Well, he's a good player. And then you've got Jack Clark. I'm hoping he might come back Stoke, as long as they don't go up. There's a few. There's probably four or five I'd take from Sunderland who are, who are the right age, who I think could be good players for Stoke for the future yeah. and whatever. I agree. I'll, I'll give him the summer. But if I'm not impressed with what's come in, if there's, if there's a few there that I look at and go, yeah, that's good. Like Ben Pearson will be a good player. I've been singing out for years that he should be... When we went for what Ryan Woods and Klukas, I thought to myself, well, why don't we just put that money together and get Ben Pearson? I, I do really rate Pearson. Um, same with Tuan Zabe. I think he could be a very good player for us if we get him on a permanent basis. The only thing that worries me of him is he hasn't been fit for two years. So that's, that's the thing that worries me. I think it's a big window ahead for us, isn't it? And... You know, FFP's gone off, so we can spend money, but do you reckon we'll go for it? Do you, have you got a feeling we're going to go for it? I mean, we, we did hear from Peter, which, which I think we're not Peter, sorry, John, that we can say that he's excited about next season. So, I think John will always be excited about a season where he's not struggling with FFP. Um, other clubs have gone for it and uh, spent the money outrageously badly. Uh, Stoke have done it in the past. The first year they got relegated, 59 million, 58 million spent, and look where that got us. We paid for the price for that for the last five years. So um, I I think he'll be excited by the chance of putting things right that have gone wrong. But I'm I'm waiting to see who they buy. Yeah, I'm. I'm... You, could, you could put all your eggs in a basket like we did with the Ryan Woods, Tom Ince, 
Well, I'm, I'm in agree with you there. I mean, I don't want us to go out and get tired and tested players that have done well in the championship because that's where the mistake we made last time. We bought a phobia because he did well at, at uh, Wolves. We bought Insim because I think the year before we did well with Derby. We bought a load of players that had a past of being very good in the championship thinking that that had boost us up and it didn't because these players were all out of form by the time they come to Stoke. I'd, I'd rather us do... For me, I'd rather us do the Brentford model where we take advantage, or the Peterborough, where we take advantage of the lower leagues, find little gems that are at a good age and bring them into the team rather than, you know, and what I don't want is to see us do this, this summer is just sign players for the sake of springing somebody in, like we did with Flint and we did with Fosu and did with quite a few other players where it was just grabbing what we can just to fill a position to then find out he doesn't fill that position. Because that's what's killed us yeah. this season. We bought Clark, Harry Clark to play right back when he's a centre-back. We bought Fosu to play as a left wing-back when he's a left winger. You know, <coughs> we bought Delapin, who never played football at that point. You know, We bought Smallbone in thinking he was a cam when he isn't. You know, what I want to see us do next season is bring players in for the right position. That's what my yeah. hope is. Yeah. What's yours? I I would agree with you. I mean, he's brought Ben Pearson in. I think he will try and sell Ben Pearson in. I think he will be the nasty, horrible little midfield player we're missing. Um, I think he's probably already got his eyes on some players in the past that he, he's worked with. I think he'd be after the guy from Sunderland, the striker. Um but I do want I don't want players that he will want to play a system with wingers and a, a target man and that's what he'll bring in. Well, that's what we want. We want we want the old Peely stays back, blood and fundy. That's what we want, isn't it? Stoke fans, Stoke fans want want players that work hard and play for the shirt. We don't want Manchester City, Manchester City, Manchester United type players do playing of that game because we want blood and thunder we don't want passing the ball around 55 times and then having a shot it's just not the way we are is it no we like you up the pitch bang 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 that's that's what we want yeah right so speaking of football we've got a midweek match against Huddersfield isn't it now this is kind of a six pointer Andrew. I think if we get the results here things are looking up aren't it I think things are looking up anyway if I'm being honest I think I think that things ha- have to look up in terms of we we didn't lose. If you look at the bright side of the result yesterday, we didn't concede, we didn't lose. So you can't you've got a point. Other teams didn't do as well as they might have. This is a massive game, and Saturday's a massive game. I think we'll beat Huddersfield, but I'd equally how times have gone. I would equally be happy if we got a draw. I'm I'm getting draw. I'll be honest. I think we'll get a draw. Um, the, it's the weekend that worries me. But I think I'm, I'm, my prediction is going to be one-one, and I've got a feeling Brown will score. Okay. What's your score? Uh, I think we'll win two-one, and I don't care who scores. Well, that's <laughs> that, that, well. Just say how you feel, and get it out. Right. Uh, so you know what? If if our prolific og turned up. Uh, and scored two for us on Wednesday, I would be happy. It's, it would just be nice to score. And that would mean there's been two shots on target in the Stoke match, which is, you know, 50% more than we've had for a while. Oh, that's a negative, Angie. If you've got, you're in a mood today. You're, you're I'm in a mood at all. I'm, I'm realistic about this season having been not as good as we had hoped. You aren't hungover, are you? No, I don't drink much. No, I'm not hungover. No. <laughs> but I did see two goals today. Oh, you did. Which, which? Were... I'll be honest. I'm, I'm worried about this Saturday game. It's, it, it's the Mick McCarthy effect. I, I'm worried we're going to get pasted. Right. Okay. What's your feeling? Well, I, I think we'll beat Blackpool. I think we're now on an unbeaten run of naught. Obviously, we've made a draw. And so we've not been beaten, and I think we'll win the next two matches, and then I think everybody will uh, hold a sigh of relief and breathe easily, and then we'll probably go on another run of losing. So I honestly, I'm very optimistic that we'll win the next two matches. 
Are you sure you aren't drinking, Ange? Oh, you're scaring I'm me a bit. Really Listen, doing the podcast with you probably makes me wish I could drink a lot. But no, seriously, I'm not. I'm just optimistic. I just think we'll grind out. Uh, I'll go so far to say then, if you want me to be defeatist, we won't lose either of them. Right, okay. I've got a feeling... I've got a feeling we'll lose to Mick McCarthy. I don't know why. I've just got this hot, terrible feeling. But it's, I think I always have that feeling because I'm going. You know, we managed to get me and my mate from work. We managed to get a ticket, and we're going. We, we we haven't decided what we're going to do. I don't know if get on the train. I don't because it's going to be chaos. This is the first time we played Blackpool away on a Saturday for twelve years. I'm predicting riots going on. We, let's be honest. It's going to be Stoke on tour, isn't it? This Saturday. It is, and uh, you could see, uh, re- you know, people trying to replay the famous season when all the Stokies tried to pull the tower over. You must have heard about that one. No, quite. Tell us all, just in case anyone else. Well, well, I mean, there was um, a, a season, and if people talk to Pete Smith or, or ask Pete Smith about this, a group of Stokies, rather a large group of Stokies, were at the match, and they just decided they were going to pull the tower over. They failed, of course. But I believe we were the only team, only club supporters that have ever tried to pull the tower over. So if you've got nothing to do this uh, Saturday, Ian, you could join any group that's trying that. I mean, I can't understand why anybody would try to do that, but clearly <laughs> they were on. Um, they probably had too much to drink, and I think that will happen again this Saturday. But some people will go up for a weekend. It's a sellout for Stoke fans, and that's why I just genuinely think Stoke will... You know, there'll be a good atmosphere. I think Stoke will do well on Saturday. Well, You know the illuminations aren't on, don't you? Yeah, The I only know. thing that'll light up the town will be Stoke. Well, that's so, because if they lose, we're coming straight back. Simple as that. But mm. I, I didn't know that. So what, what, did, they, what did they use, Hans? Did they use rope? What, what were they trying to pull? No, no, it was just their bare hands, Ian. Just their bare hands. How did they get they, up they, there? Well, I presume they, they walked, walked up um, and, and got... You know, in the many years ago, I don't know how long it was, but I think it was in the 80s, could have been before that, um, it wasn't quite so protected around the base of the tower. So I think they just sort of climbed onto the bottom bit and started going up and trying to pull. Apparently it was quite some spectacle. <laughs> I bet it was. <laughs> I think the police were called and everything. <laughs> oh, right. Just a warning to everybody now. Don't try and pull the tower. Just don't try and pull the tower down. It's not worth the. It's not worth the twenty-four hours in police custody. Enjoy the day. Don't drink too much. Don't pull the tower over. That's it. I'm worried that I have to say that to people, Angie. It's one of them things. It's it's a bit strange. Yes, it's one of the things I never thought we'd say too much in our broadcasting life. Uh, exactly, but please don't pull the tower over. Right, so now you've been to see the women today. How did that go on? Who did we play? How did we play? And who were the stars of the show today? Right, well, Stoke City women played at home against Liverpool Feds. And having beaten Liverpool Feds in a very close match at Liverpool Feds, where I think, to be honest, we, we shouldn't have won. It should have been a draw. We were looking to do the double over Liverpool Feds. And we did. We beat them 2-0. Um, goals from Cara Jones and Roshin Kibble, uh, both excellent goals. Uh, they thoroughly deserve the win. Again, just a typical Stoke women's performance. They hit the post twice, a uh, couple cleared off the line, um, played exceptionally well, and deserved the victory. Absolutely deserved the victory. It was so tough for them because they've been so unlucky in the last few weeks, and, and that, that result uh, was really good for them. So, well done, everybody. Absolutely superb performance. Uh, where are on the table then? Where where where, do, where are we currently sat? Uh, well, we don't know until they do update the table tonight. But I would think we're around uh, sixth uh, with a couple of games in hands on other clubs. We got a massive game next Saturday. Sorry, next Sunday against Derby County, who are just above us in the league. So if anybody's got time next Sunday, two o'clock at Emory Stadium, Norton, come along and cheer on the women. Um, you know, there's 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 places to sit. There's, some of the stand is undercover and you can get a pint and a pie or a cup of hot bottle or whatever you want at half time so come along and support them they deserve your support yeah everybody who's listening who wants to go down for the day have got no tolerance Sunday get yourselves down yeah come on let's get yourselves down I don't know if we'll still be in Blackpool I will be honest but we'll see 
how you might be incarcerated having been the first man from Stoke to push over a tower if I could get away with pushing it down without any crime I'd, I'd get away I'd, I'd try I'd try my best but there's more yeah. chance of plotting fog isn't there Let, let's there be probably brief, is right? and we would have to change the name of the podcast to uh, the Towering Potters Podcast. The Towering Potters Podcast, that's the one. Right, that's another one done, Angela. Is there anything you want to discuss or ask everybody about? Um, I'd like to ask people why you're so bored on a Sunday that you wait for this podcast. No, I'm only joking. I'd like to say it really is a pleasure for me to take part in this podcast because um, it, it's lovely to, to talk to other Stoke fans, but the most important thing, Ian, is that I always think I'm depressed after a match until I speak to you on a Sunday and then I'm perfectly happy without my responses. But Well, not normally, Ange. Normally you, you take... Basically what you do is, Ange, you, just, you wait till Sunday and take Stoke's horrendous performance out on me. No, I know. But it's, it's, seriously, we both enjoy it, don't we? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. I, I, I love Stoke, I always have done. And we, yeah. I'm glad to say we have brought up in the council meetings, we did go yesterday, that was an eye-opening. Uh, my first one and yes we did manage to get a big topic out on history didn't we we did yeah we were asking the club if they can uh, look at the history of the football club and do a little bit more to promote it around the ground so uh, Ian is that the reason that you're hoping to be one of these tower puller downers so that you'll be in the history of Stoke I'll be in the history of Stoke whatever Ange I'm Ian from Scholar Green you know I'm in the Potter Mouse yeah. song I mean yeah. are you, are you, actually Ange are you in the Potter Mouse song um, no. Oh, that's, that's, that's probably so subject, isn't it, Ange? But um, what was I going to say? Yes, thanks for everybody listening. It, it means a lot, really, because it, it's now a long-running podcast, Ange. This has been running for three and a half years. Yeah, and nobody yet has had the, the good decency to say, why do you bother? Um, oh, I have, many a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's really good fun, and um, I, I'm just so privileged to know um, Ian from Scholar Green, who uh, Pottermouth spoke of at length. All right, cheers to that, Pleasure. So, thanks for listening. We're on all podcast platforms. We're on all over social media. Just put the Potters podcast on and tell your friends. It's the word of mouth is the best way of getting this podcast around. The more people listen, the better the experience can be. And if you're on iTunes and you decide to listen to it through that podcast platform, if you could leave us a five-star review, it means a hell of a lot. It means the podcast becomes a better brand and moves higher up the rankings, which is good for all, especially Stoke. So thanks for listening. ta all the best.